Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. We're going to talk about mindfulness to curb food anxiety. I actually get a lot of questions about this, and this isn't particularly about disordered eating or any extreme eating habits except for the anxiety piece with the eating and food. So we're going to get into that in a moment. Let's get right into food, food anxiety. The answer to that is mindfulness, just as it is with our other sorts of anxiety. The difficult with food anxiety is that unlike being afraid of snakes or elevators, you can kind of wiggle around those, but having to eat and having anxiety every time you face the plate or thinking about it can really drag you down. Um... And the anxiety goes to both sides. So I'm speaking to both sides of this continuum. I'm talking to those who use food as their soothing apparatus. They use that to keep themselves calm, to stuff their feelings down. And I'm also talking to the people who are so afraid of food that they restrict their intake and eat very little. Both of those have health consequences, and both of those are relieved through mindfulness. So, you know, we all um, know that food is an integral part of our well-being. And I have a very favorite book, um, speaking of well-being, by a wonderful man called Donald Altman. I'll put a link to his book in the uh, show notes. And this particular book uh, of his is called Meal by Meal. It's 365 daily meditations for finding balance through mindful eating. And a a favorite quote in here and passage, I'm going to read it to you right now, goes this way. The quote is, When there is no firewood, fire goes out. And when no one is quarrelsome, argument ends. And believe it or not, that's by a Greek mathematician. And as we go on in this reading here, he says, Do you possess 
emotional firewood that is easily ignited at mealtime? Maybe it is so flammable that it can burst into flames at the slightest sign of distress or discomfort. Under such situations, the best way to avoid a fire is simply this. Remove the emotional firewood before you sit down to eat. Is it your own tendency to blame yourself for when food desires overwhelm you? Is your firewood the emotions of nervousness and anxiety you feel before you quench your hunger? Is your firewood the disapproval you feel from others when they judge your eating style? Generally, you can remove the emotions by observing them and being more mindful of them. As you recognize them, think, there goes that feeling of being judged again, or here I am blaming myself. Listen and watch your emotional mealtime firewood without having to respond to it. And that was Donald's reading on emotional firewood at mealtime. So much to be said for that. Whether we are removing that emotional firewood before our meal or if we are noticing it when we sit down to eat, we can deal with it with mindfulness. So first let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, why this is so difficult when you have anxiety around food. Like I said, food is an integral part of our well-being. We just need it daily, three times a day if not more, for our physical, emotional, and uh, life. And we also use it socially. It's a big part of our social community. So to think that it wasn't would be mistaken. Um, Every holiday, most gatherings, many meetings, work-related, it's a very social aspect, so we need to take that into consideration as we talk about this. We need food to sustain our nutritional needs and to maintain a healthy body. We use food for comfort. We also use it for connection, uh, and and we use it for nourishment. So when the fears come in, I look at it as two major types of fears around food. There's the food aversion, and there's also the fear of swallowing or choking on food. The other piece is not being afraid of the food, but afraid of what happens around the food, and we will deal with that separately. But for now, we're going to look at the two major eating fears, aversion and the fear of swallowing and choking, which I run into this a lot. And you know we've already talked about this choking piece here um, on the Anxiety Coaches podcast. The food aversion is what happens when we have a food aversion is we limit our diet. Um, You you probably keep cutting out more and more and more, avoiding foods, sometimes because of texture or color, smells, memories. Um, And you may also limit the quantity of your food. You may be eating smaller and smaller meals because you have a fear of the belly fullness and that triggers your anxiety. The feeling of fullness may make you think of being ill or nauseous and that triggers your anxiety. And the fear of choking, oh this is a tough one. The fear of choking can cause an inability to swallow. Uh, The more you're afraid of it, you you start focusing on that area, and it 
Also, this fear of choking rears its head when we have that anxious lump in our throat because you can have the lump in your throat without having it related to fear at all. But if you have fear uh, of food anxiety and you get the lump in your throat, you're, you're already triggered and, and sent off. And that's called globus hysteresis. hysteresis. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. This feeling of a lump in your throat can also cause the fear of choking. Um, even the thought of food can cause your throat to tighten up. Again, all of anxiety is causing us to tighten everything, and our throat is no different. This is why we have so many different symptoms on different people. And this um, throat closing, this lump in the throat that we talk about, is because of the throat tightening. And it doesn't tighten to the point where you can't swallow. It's a feeling. It's a like a tightening of your neck or the... And when we feel like we can't get a deep breath, it's our chest tightening up. Um, we're not really in danger, but we feel the difference, right? So you feel the lump in the throat and can get quite nervous about it. Um, and in severe cases with that, people really start limiting their food, such as they think they can't swallow and they just go to soft foods or baby foods, Um you know, soft things like mashed potatoes and puddings and some people even to a liquid type diet. And this is really causing uh, a big shift in your nutrition quality. And it's okay to go there. I guess I don't want to say, you know, don't do that. Some people that I've worked with go through a stage where that is the food that they're willing to eat. And we go there as they walk through the steps of reducing their anxiety to the point that we are in reintroducing regular foods. And then uh, it doesn't take much once uh, a couple of regular foods are reintroduced that it goes forward pretty quickly. 
And again, it's about relaxing and being okay with what is so that we can relax. And then the, the, all of our muscles can um, let go of the tightness. So how can mindfulness help this? Um, so part of mindfulness is simply slowing down, being aware of how quickly we're moving and slowing it down just enough so that we can be with what is right in front of us. And when we can be, be with what is right in front of us, we can see what's true. And slowing down, we can consciously relax all those tight muscles that I was talking about and give that lump in the throat a chance to actually leave. So mindful eating is a wonderful way to plug right back into your body to be immersed into your body and be able to feel your cues so that you know when to stop eating, when to start eating, and what is truly filling you up versus the mental filling up. Sometimes the belly is full of fear, of emotion, of stress. But we can learn to tease those out when we slow down enough and are being mindful enough. And noticing that this is not true fullness. This is simply emotional fullness. And it can be a difficult task if you've been going on for a long time with a skewed sense of of hunger and fullness. And um, also by uh, noticing what is out in the world as far as what restaurant portions are, um, what fad diets tell you to eat. This can be very confusing the diets are telling you one thing, the restaurants are serving you um, five times that amount, and the other pieces of comfort eating or of comfort restricting. I actually have uh, a lot of that that I deal with with people is they feel better when they are hungry and the belly is empty. And these are very dangerous places. Both sides of that extreme are very dangerous for your nutritional quality. So... um We're going to use the mindfulness again. Being mindful can bring about better management of our emotions. Um, If you're restricting or overeating as a way of coping with your daily life, your negative feelings, um, you can use the mindfulness. Eating and not eating can be a distraction from our um, what's really going on in our life. Now, in another podcast, we're going to talk about good distractions and not so good distractions because distractions can either help us get through an anxious moment or they can cause us to ignore and be unaware of what's really going on with us. So we'll talk about that in another podcast. So just know that you're eating or not eating, whichever side of the spectrum you tend to fall on, can be a distraction from your worries and from your needs, from things that you need to do. When you have healthier ways of coping, such as doing mindful breathing, letting go of the tensions, seeing anxiety for what it is, you may no longer uh, need to manage your emotions through food choices. 
You can tolerate your emotions as uncomfortable as they may be without restricting or without stuffing them down. But that's the work, isn't it? It's about realizing that we can be with uncomfortable feelings. Mindfulness changes the way we think. Um, you know, we, we learn through mindfulness not to react. And by not reacting, we can not react to uh, food-related thoughts that, that urge us to overeat to make us feel like eating more will make me feel better, um, as in stuffing it down. Um, it can We can learn to not restrict our diet. We can learn to not eat emotionally. You respond to your difficulties versus covering them up with restriction or overeating. And you can hear the thoughts that are going on in your head without obeying them. You can hear those thoughts calling to you the old patterns. These are old patterns. Back in the day, we used to say those were old tapes, like old cassette tapes that are stuck in a loop and they just play over and over and over again. We don't need to pay attention to them. Through mindfulness, we can see more clearly what we need to pay attention to and what we are going to and what we are thinking about simply by default. So a couple things we can do is, number one, we can just be mindful. We can be more attentive and aware uh, in all of our life, but we can also do it around our eating habits. And um, this can start by what we're putting on our plate. We can be more mentally present, and we can share our meal with our significant others or our families and by being very engaged with them versus having telephones, um, televisions, or reading materials with us as we gather. It's a short time that we sit down together, and being engaged can really help us with the mindfulness piece and actually be engaged in what we are doing um, and who we are doing it with instead of multitasking. Another thing we can do Another thing we can do is called a, a mindful check-in. It's um checking in with our body, checking in with um each dimension of mindfulness. And when we eat, we can ask ourselves these questions. We can ask of our mind Am I tasting each bite or am I zoned out? Am I chasing thoughts? Am I tasting or chasing? Am I zoned out? And we can ask of our body, how does my body feel before I eat and after I eat? We can check in with the energy level, the belly feeling, whether um, it's full, empty, rumbling. We can get very specific but we check in, can check in before and after our eating. 
to just become more familiar with this whole process and being more, it's like becoming more intimate with the actual eating process. We can check in with our feelings. What do we feel about this particular food? Does, do we have feelings of guilt, of pleasure? Do we have feelings of disappointment, regret? Do we feel joyful? And finally, we can have check in with our thoughts. What thoughts are coming up? What thoughts does this food bring to mind? Do we have memories around this food? Do we have fear around this food? Um, particular beliefs, stories? This is great stuff for the journal. Um, keeping a journal is a wonderful, wonderful way that you can start teasing apart the thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations and get more clear on, a, on your true picture of eating. So I highly suggest um, that idea of having a food journal if this is one of your difficulties where you keep track of the day, the time, how you feel emotionally or all of those pieces that we talked about before you eat, how do you feel after you eat and your energy levels. It starts to make a beautiful picture and you can also keep track, if it is helpful for you, of the foods that you ate and the amounts. This is a wonderful way to see clearly what is going on. We often think we know what's going on in our mind, but as anyone who's dealing with anxiety already knows, the mind thinks many thoughts and they are not always true. So by writing down how we're feeling in the moment, we have a much more clear picture than if we try to have recall later. So I invite you to um, begin a, a a food journal, a mindful food journal for those of you who have any kind of fear, anxiety, stress, or even as deep as panic around your food. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.